We're still in the grip of a global pandemic and nobody is immune from it. I can now say that because I myself have been sick for the past two weeks with the coronavirus. Having tested positive myself, I am extremely thankful that I am now well again, but I have now seen that it can happen to anybody, young or old. That's why this is coming to you a bit late, but there is a lot of fun stuff coming up on today's podcast, so don't go away. What a strange time to be alive. So, as I said, lockdown is still here. In fact, it's probably stepped up a few gears since I last spoke to you, with police now patrolling the roads around the beaches near where I live here in Northern Ireland. It was Easter weekend a couple of weeks ago. The sun was beating down, there wasn't a cloud in the sky. Usually it would be one of the busiest weekends of the year, and there was hardly a soul to be seen on the beach. And life continues in that vein, even today. It was scorching hot. And because I'm only coming back from illness myself, I haven't been able to get outside. In fact, today was the first time I had set foot outside my front door in 10 days. A walk to the corner shop has never given me so much excitement. It was a rush of adrenaline and one that I needed. But I hadn't been fit for it only a few days ago. And if I was to summarise my experience of having COVID-19, it was just brutal fatigue. Like I have never been so short of energy. I couldn't even bring myself to get out of bed for four or five days. I had drenching night sweats horrible fevers, a tickly dry cough that wouldn't go away and I have so much empathy now for people going through it. It is unpleasant in the extremes and I hope none of you have to suffer it. So with new eyes to see what it is like for people, I urge you please Stay in when you can. Yes, get out and do your daily exercise, but look after yourselves. Look after those around you. It's not something that you want to have a go with yourself. So please take care of yourselves. It's a strange time, as I said, but your health is important. So let's try and look after each other. And if any of you are listening and feeling a bit rubbish at the minute, please still take some time out. This virus is a contagious little fella. Anyone can pick it up from anywhere. After having a few days of symptoms myself, I tried stupidly, in hindsight, to go for a very slow jog, just because I was missing being outside, and that knocked me back quite a few steps. So you're all doing fantastic with your distancing and staying indoors. All I can say is keep at it. It genuinely makes a difference. In terms of news this week, I'm not gonna go into great depth I'll maybe gloss over one or two stories, but the main thing I want to get to today and the main bulk of this podcast is going to be me having a chat with a very good friend of mine and somebody I think you'll find fascinating in terms of his insight into physical activity and how we can be staying active even when we are confined within the four walls of our house. One story that I do want to touch on briefly is 
about Alistair Brownlee, who turned 32 a couple of days ago. It was his birthday this week. Happy birthday, Ali. Honestly, there has not been another triathlete who has been such an influence on me getting involved in the sport. And I will always hold him in high regard for that. He's inspired so, so many people. And I'll forever be thankful to him for introducing me to the sport because I wouldn't have known about it. If he hadn't come through in 2008 and been this youngster who'd started medical school but then tried his hand at triathlon full-time, found out he was really good at it, went on to win back-to-back Olympic golds, he is an icon of the sport. So happy birthday, Ali, for a start. The story I want to just touch on is the ongoing rivalry, and I I think this is fantastic, between Ali Brownlee and Jan Frodeno. Now, for those of you who don't know Jan Frodeno, he won the Olympic gold in Beijing in 2008 before Ali won his two golds. So Frodeno not only has won the Olympics, but is a three-time Ironman world champion since then. He's a beast of a man. And at last year's Ironman world championships in Hawaii which Fredino won. Alistair was trying his first stab at the Iron Distance World Championships and stuck in there until the bike. And Ali felt that at a point where he had a flat tire, Jan Fredino had taken advantage and that was poor etiquette in Ali's eyes. In the post-race interview, when Fredino was being interviewed by the press, Ali Brownlee comes up behind him and gives him a proper shoulder barge brilliant and then Jan Frodeno turns around and says he's always been a bit of a bum and it's great and I I love the drama that it adds to the sport nobody wants sanitized PR stunts all the time when you're listening to interviews you want a bit of spice so Jan Frodeno has said this week that he looks forward to renewing his rivalry with Ali Brownlee said he will target the longer distance after the Tokyo Olympics were delayed due to all this coronavirus palaver So Fredino this week has said the experience Ali had in Hawaii will leave him hungry and angry and I believe anger is one of the things that gets Ali fired up and into his best shape. He's always shown he is someone who can control anger. If you can control and master it, says Fredino, then it's just endless fuel for the fire and Ali has always been fiercely competitive. We've always wanted that top step, each of us, and I think that's why we've had this very tense nature between us because we want the same thing. We've the history, we've had it. Hawaii was something Ali has apologised for and we wiped the slate clean there and then. I was fired up at the race finish too. And then Fredino says it's important not to clean up sports too much so that every statement is prefabricated. It was just an honest emotion and for us it's done. I hope it's not done. I want to see this go. I, I want them to be at each other's throats. I think it's fun. <laughs> it's a bit of fun. Ultimately they respect each other as two great athletes. But I love that rivalry i love the fact that it hasn't gone away and that they admit that so with tokyo sadly now parked for at least another year it'll be fun to see how these two giants of the sport get on when they get back to iron distance racing again hopefully later this year hopefully if the lockdown is relaxed by then it would be great to see these two going head to head at iron distance again so fingers crossed that that rivalry keeps going strong As for the rest of this week's podcast, from this point on, I'm going to focus on one man and one man only. Our usual athlete profiles, we'll save those for next week. Because I want to focus on a very good friend of mine called Dr. Jason Wilson. Now, Jason, as well as being an 
academic in the world of sports science. He does extensive research in the field of physical activity. And on top of all that, he's a fantastic mountain runner. And so I got in touch with Jason earlier today on Zoom and we had a chat about how we can use the lockdown for our good how we can try and find exercises to do in the house. What tips does he have for exercises we could be doing? And how can we come out of the lockdown healthier than we went into it? Could it actually be a really good opportunity for us to improve our fitness, to improve our strength, and to improve our mental well-being? So those are the sort of things we were chatting about. I'm gonna hand over the rest of the podcast to the chat that me and Jason had earlier. I hope you enjoy it. And I'll see you at the other side. When did you first run up a mountain? I would say when I was about 15, 16 years old. Um, that's when I, when I first started running uh, for Pegasus AC, which is a, 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 an old local club that are now unfortunately disbanded. One of the runners there was very keen to get me into mountain running. He took me along to uh, my first ever mountain race, which was Sleeve Gullion which is down near the Irish border. And what memories do you have of that day at Sleep Gullion? I can remember thinking, how am I going to get up this hill? <laughs> <laughs> that was just before I even started the run. I can remember actually being quite a nice day, but as you got further and further up the mountain, getting boggier and boggier and boggier. And um, I can remember coming back down again, and I was trying not to to fall. I think I nearly prefer going up than I did going down. And I, I remember when I was the first junior that day, first junior meal that day. So that was, that's a nice, a nice memory. And so why would you choose to do that instead of road running where you don't have to get covered in muck? You don't have to worry about any steep hill climbs. Is there something about the struggle that you enjoyed that made you want to go back to it? I, I think one of the things that I liked was there was no time. In, ter- in terms of it wasn't, you were trying to get 10 kilometers in a certain time, five kilometers in a certain time, which is really, you know, for a lot of people, that's what they're chasing in road running. Mountain running is very, very different. Time doesn't matter. It's all about position and how you place against your, your fellow competitors. One other big appeal as well is people that actually do it. It's a very tight-knit community. And in terms of members, it might only be... 100, 150 members of the Northern Ireland Mountain Run Association. So I, th- I think it's that kind of thing where it feels quite niche. Now, it has had um, definitely becoming more popular, but it still retains that community feel, which I really, really like. And it, it seems like a pretty quirky sport. I've been reading a little bit of recently about the fell running history over in England and characters like Bob Graham and uh, his round and the different people who have attempted that. What do you think makes it as a sport so unique compared to road running or even cross-country running? What is it that sets mountain running apart? Well, as you mentioned there, um, the, the Bob Graham round is, is a good example of that. So you know, you'll only have one person that will be trying to do that. You may even have a pair trying to do it together. But the, the really nice thing is that different runners from that community will come together and try to support um, the runners as they go through different legs. So they might not, they'll not join them for the whole run, but they'll join them for a certain section. And they want them to succeed as much as the person uh, com- trying to complete the challenge wants to succeed. So 
uh, as, I, as I said, there's such a community feel about it. And you know, they're, they really want their fellow competitors to get better and trying to get faster times over certain climbs and, and so on. And is there a bit of orienteering involved? Like, do you have to carry a compass and things like that with you? So there's, I guess there's um, three different categories of races. There's short, medium, and longs. Generally, in the short races, you don't necessarily need to bring a compass with you, um, although it depends on the race director and the type of train that you're going to be on. So if you're going to be right in the middle of the mountains and it's an evening um, with the mist down, well, then you're going to have to carry certain equipment, and a compass might be one of those things. Um, so in terms of essential kits that would be for most medium and long races you need full waterproof covering and you need a compass and a map of the area and a whistle in essence that that's just trying to keep people um you know relatively safe in the, in the worst case scenarios if they do trip and fall and I, I have been there even last year um and it was a short race that someone had broke their ankle coming halfway down the mountain <clears throat> they'd slipped in a rock and their foot got caught between two rocks and unfortunately it snapped their ankle. So they, you live with that as well, which is not necessarily something that you'd have to think about too much in, uh, in a road race. No, it's brilliant. I, I love the, the idea of just heading out with, without necessarily having specific corners you have to take or road markings, but you can sort of plan your own route. I mean, one of the iconic races here is the Sleeve Donard mountain race. And it's, so simple. You start in the middle of Newcastle, County Down, and you get to the top, you dip in, and that basically chronicles your time and your, and your placing, and then you go back down again, and, and that's it. And you can go down uh, up anyway and, and down any way uh, that you want. The only thing you have to do is touch um, up, up at the top, and that's all you have to do, which I really, really like, rather than having to go a set route. Um, so every year you could take a slightly different route to try and um, see if it's any quicker or, or or so on. So Amazing. I love it. Now, Jason, one of the things you spend a lot of time doing is research in the area of sport science and public health. And over the past few years, you've been working on a study trying to help people sit less. You want to try and help, in particular, older people get away from behavior where they're just sitting all the time. What tips would you have for people during lockdown that might help them sit less at home so it could even just be people from the youngest right up to the oldest they have a lot more time at home there's the temptation to sit and watch loads of shows on netflix and just stay on the sofa what could we all be doing to stay more active in the house hmm that's the i i guess that's the the the, the first thing really start with is trying to because of the situation, we're trying to develop new habits. And unfortunately, a lot of people can go down the path of, of developing bad habits of becoming a lot more sedentary, watching more things on Netflix and, and so on. Um, a lot of my research is looking, at, is, is, is looking at sedentary behavior, which is very low energy expenditure behavior, such as sitting and lying down. Even if people are going out for their little walk, for maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, or a little training run. It's also important to think of the rest of the day. So it's not just that half an hour, 45 minutes, maybe hour you go out, but we should also be thinking throughout the day. Because I like to think that what you're trying to do with your body is trying to give it a jolt every so often. Again, it's over a long period of time, but things such as diabetes and heart disease and so on can all build up on our, our risks of 
can can increase even if we are doing a little bit of exercise. Some of the things that we, we got, and it was older people we were focusing on, but I know a lot of triathletes and so on may be in the veteran categories. First of all, there's online, there's so much good stuff out there at the minute. Some bad stuff, don't get me wrong, I, I appreciate that, but this is probably one of the perfect opportunities to start building up your strength. Um, I know we don't have our gyms in a minute, but that could be a good way of breaking up your center behavior by doing strength exercises. For example, looking up reputable uh, organizations such as American College of Sports Medicine, they have some materials um, online that would show how to do um, certain strength exercises. It doesn't have to be rocket science. The good old-fashioned push-ups, squats, and so on um, are, are as good as um, you know, many of the of gym-based exercises and would be more than sufficient for a lot of multi-eventers or uh, multi-sporters. So if jab. we are sitting at home and we're watching something on telly, we've done our one exercise for the day and we're back at home, but we want to feel like we're doing something to give our body that jolt that you mentioned while we're sitting on the sofa. Is there anything we could be doing while we're sitting down to an hour-long episode of something, like any exercises that we could actually do from our sofa? Hmm. So chair, I guess in terms of chair-based exercises, you could very simply, I mean, trying to describe this um, might be difficult, but trying to keep both legs together, nice and straight, and just trying to lift them up and hold. And that's working your abdominal area. Hold that for 15, 20 seconds, and then rest. Do it again. Again, 15, 20 seconds and rest. And you could do that three or four times. You could easily do um, squats as well. And you could use the chair as your marker. So you could stand up, do a number of squats. Um, I guess you know, what you're trying to do is, is build up uh, your strength endurance. So anything from 12 to 15 reps, it's things like that in the middle maybe of an hour long you know if it's a documentary or a, a tv program um which you could do um and it could be a good way of trying to develop that habit <laughs> no one from my my own experiences and a lot of other uh, my fellow competitors it's very it can only be a lot easier getting out onto the bike or out for a run it's the uh, um the strength training is probably the thing that a lot of people are, are lacking in and this is probably one of the great opportunities now that we have this a little bit extra time that we could start doing our strength exercises at home. Um, so we can get our twice, twice daily strength exercises in during a, potentially during a TV program. Do you think lockdown has been good or bad for your overall training? For me personally, I think it's been better. I think whenever I'm going out now, um, I, I'm trying to go out a little bit longer because I know that that might be the only time I get out of the house. I've been doing, uh, personally, I've been doing a lot more cycling because I had been doing um, a big block of running training. Um, I, I competed at the Great North Run and came uh, 90th last year, so I was pretty pleased. Go on, with tell that us one. your time. It was filthy. Uh, it was one hour, 16 minutes, 25 oh, seconds. So, lightning. Um, not too bad. Uh, I was happy with that. But um, I've been, I kind of kept pushing on from there, and I sort of planned to stop, but kind of kept um, running through the, um, a number of trail races. And uh, I kind of really needed a bit of a, a change. And, and, and I guess I've been doing a lot, a lot of cycling at the minute. You know, maybe compared to some people, not as, as much maybe as other, but you know, 120, 130 miles a week is kind of what I'm aiming for. Um, I'm trying to mix some running with that at the minute. So I think I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to use it as an opportunity to do something a little bit different than what I have been doing. 
for the last couple of years. Do you miss anything about your normal training? I think it's the, I'd love getting out into the forests and um, along the beaches because um, we're blessed with some great forests and beaches in Northern Ireland. And I think that's what I'm missing most. A lot of my training is solitary, so that's not necessarily a big deal for me. Although it would be nice to have those races to try and meet up with old with old friends again and to, to have a good race against each other. That's um, it's that little bit of camaraderie, and it's not been able to have a goal. I think it's probably the most difficult thing. It's not knowing whether September there's going to be any running races or new duathlons or triathlons and so on. Uh, but all you can do is just keep the base training um, and being ready for whenever that season eventually kicks off again. What little goals do you think we could set ourselves every month or so during lockdown, if it is to go on for the rest of the year, just to give us something to aim towards? I think one thing um, which I've noticed, um, there's been a lot of virtual events starting to take place. So some of the um, governing bodies um, have been starting to encourage Things, for example, Zwift. I know Ulster Cycling have tried to create a league, a virtual league. So that's given people a little bit of an opportunity to have a, a kind of a race with people. Things like that there are good. I mean, even just some of the charity challenges. So I think there's the, the 2.6 challenge. They're trying to raise money for, I guess, the rest of the charities. That are not necessarily associated with NHS because they're going to have a huge shortfall. 2.6 kilometers, 2.6 miles. 26 minutes it's just something associated with the number numbers two and six so that could be also good as well um and i know running uh, there's some races that are actually they're using strava to create like a um a leaderboard over certain distances so there's five cl- uh, kilometer races taking place 10 kilometer races marathons and so on if you're wanting to, to look for it there's plenty of competitive opportunities there do you think we might come out of lockdown healthier as a society than we were before it? Oh, that's, that's, a tough, that's a tough one to know that, to answer to. I, I have colleagues at Ulster University that are doing research on that to look at the effects on mental health um, of lockdown and also on physical activity levels. And obviously those two are quite inextricably linked together. It's hard to know. <laughs> Anecdotally, I'm noticing a lot more people out and about, um, be it on walks, on runs, on cycles, I've never seen before. So I think people are using the opportunity now, whether they've been furloughed or just because they're working from home and they don't have the commute and the work. But I do appreciate there'll be those that will, that will struggle with it and are struggling with it and unfortunately may go the other way. You might become might become more isolated and a more vulnerable population, whether it's an older age, over seventies, or if it's someone uh, you know, people with sort of certain health conditions uh, that makes them vulnerable to coronavirus. So there's only two ways to look on it. I think there'll be a set of people that will really benefit from it, but then there could be another set that actually it could it could be even worse because again, you know, there's some people commute into work, they could walk or cycle. And that might be the only way of, that might be the only exercise they get for that day. That's not happening anymore. And sometimes people don't have that push. Apart from sport, what is the best thing you have learnt during lockdown? 
either about yourself or have you picked up any new skills or have you had the chance to stop and appreciate something you maybe hadn't appreciated before? Hmm. Well, I've been, I've been very lucky that I've been able to continue my, my research. So I, I've kind of nearly, in some ways, life has nearly continued on as, uh, as it was before for myself. So I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm in that kind of lucky position where it hasn't changed as much. Just with having the quieter roads when I've been out cycling, I think it's, that, it's, it's having that feeling of extra security. I think it's actually, we're seeing them more, but we're seeing more people walking and, and I think I've tried to make more of an effort to actually to speak and say, hello, how's it going? Just to try to, um, to create some sort of spirit, some kind of, some kind of thing that kind of acknowledgement that you know, I've uh, actually passed a few cycles in the last few days. And, you know, it's been particularly a hard section of the cycle and I've, I've kind of encouraged them to, to keep pushing and, and uh, working. So, yeah, I think so, you're right. I think more people are chatting than beforehand because they're just so desperate for a bit of interaction with somebody else, aren't they? Exactly. Exactly. No, I, to- I totally agree. So I guess that's what I've been trying to do. And I usually would have, would have done that. But no, yeah, I'm really trying to make an effort. Anyone, anyone I see along the road, I'm going to, I'll say a, a quick hello and how's it going as I zoom past them on the bike <laughs> yes. um, within reason Keep, keeping the distance <laughs> Jason good to chat no problem Steve what a legend so big thank you to Jason for joining us this week and a huge huge thank you to you for listening as always if you want to get in touch to ask me any questions or you want me to pass any questions on to Jason, please email me at trymeariver at gmail.com or find me on Twitter at trymeariver. It'll be great to hear from you. In the meantime, until I come back in a few weeks, please, please look after yourselves. Enjoy your daily exercise. Do things that help you relax. Read. Take up a new hobby learn how to speak Japanese. Why not? I tried it last year and didn't get very far. Maybe I'll try again. I'll see you in a couple of weeks time. All the very best, my friends. Bye-bye.